Today, I'm going to preach church on making it right. Making it right. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. How you be, church? How's the, the new year working out for you? Yeah? Is it, are you still at a, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life, you feeling good? You still there? Are you still at, at um, to every season, turn, turn, turn? Are you there? Did you, did you set New Year's resolutions or intentions? Oh, mixed. So um, how's that going then? <laughs> Are you still sticking with it like eight days in? Set, you know, set up some systems to help you stick to it? Yeah, because that, that uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like some of you were like, whoo, about that. I, um, I, have, I have the same five intentions every year. Um, I've collected these wisdoms from various friends, and they continue to ring true, so every year I, I renew them. I, I revive them. I refresh them in my spirit and the energy around them. Would you like to hear them? Yes. Okay. Um, the first one is walk completely in my promise. Right. Two, there are no excuses, or at least admit they are excuses. Three, know when I need to go fast and alone versus when I need to go far and together. And that's some of you will know the African proverb in which that's pulled from. I see some nodding. The fourth one, dream it, then real life it. And the fifth one, be in a state of readiness slash preparedness. I have a friend who says, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's that one. And this year I added a sixth. And if you joined us on New Year's Eve, um, you already know what it is. Number six is to approach each moment or activity or event with as if it's a, a brand new experience. You'll be amazed at how much joy is infused in the moment, how much is born from that. It was cold, for example, the other day. Um, cold enough for me to see my breath. And um, so I kept breathing out through my mouth while I was outside. 
making smoke. It was fun. I don't know, I couldn't tell you the last time I did something like that, but it was a good time. Um, yeah, so that, I'm just trying to you know, go to the grocery store brand new, try to get on the subway brand new. That first one, though, is a big one, walking in my promise. It's the call that God has placed upon my life to walk completely in my promise. I, I sometimes have um, a tendency to play small, and though I have done some growing, it still pops up for me in my life, um, often in subconscious self-sabotaging ways. So I have to keep an eye out for that one and rededicate myself to this covenant between me and the divine. When I find myself off my axis, I recommit to writing myself again, to making it right. In Matthew's gospel, we get the birth narrative, like Jesus' origin story, and then it jumps to Jesus as an adult. And while I'm sure the road wasn't always straight and narrow, I do imagine that Jesus was close to God, even in the span of time that Matthew didn't write about, when he was a know-it-all tween, when he was a hormonal, hormonal teenager, through all of it. So... I don't know that I think what I used to think about baptism is what happened here in this moment that Matthew writes about in this text. I don't think this is where Jesus got close to God or where the relationship began. I don't think this made Jesus part of some exclusive club called the church. I think something different happened here I think it was a, a, a public proclamation of a private relationship. I think it was the start of something big, Jesus's ministry. I think it was a renewing for the journey, uh, a freshening for the beginning, and affirming for the work ahead. But the thing that strikes me as wild in this passage is that the actual baptism itself isn't on the page. It isn't written down. We hear about the struggle of whether to baptize, and then we skip to after the baptism. You ever wonder why? Did you all notice that at first? I'm like, yeah, did you? So maybe you did not wonder why. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's really funny the way that we read our texts with thousands of years of orthodoxy and orthopraxy stacked on them that we actually can't see what's on the page. The focus for Matthew is on crossing the T's and dotting the I's in the Hebrew Bible. It's about fulfilling the law and the prophets. Now, scholars don't think that Matthew was the first gospel written. They think Mark came before. They think Thomas came before. They think there may have been a couple of other lost uh, sources that Matthew had access to. Q source, if you've ever heard of that being one. Perhaps Matthew saw these gospels and felt like they didn't quite complete the job. Perhaps Matthew's goal is about making that right, just so everybody's clear, so there are no questions, so we're on the same page, no comments, no concerns. In this version of Matthew's gospel, Jesus actually says the words, this way makes it right. Now, John the Baptist had reservations. He wondered about um, who is lesser and who is greater, who should actually be baptizing who, but Jesus tells him this isn't the important part, that none of that actually matters now. What matters is righteousness. Now, some of y'all, us, 
may have been John at different points in your life. Some of y'all might be John right now. Here's how to check. How often do you have to be right? How much are you correcting others? Is the phrase, well, actually, yeah. is that a common phrase for you? Do you should all over everyone and everything? I said should. For John, there was an exact right way this was supposed to go, this was supposed to be done. There was an order that needed to be respected. He didn't realize that his need to have things his right way actually impeded on righteousness. So Jesus asked him to set that aside, to drop it for now. This way makes it right. Consider the call on your life. Are you in the way of your own righteousness? Are you the one placing impediments throughout your path, maybe even on a subconscious level? How do you get it right? Do you know where righteousness lies? Can you identify it? Have you aligned with it? Are you due for a realignment? Let's take this opportunity as we remember Jesus' baptism to realign ourselves to recommit ourselves to the call on our lives. Let's make it right. Is anyone doubting that Jesus was already following God before this baptism? This was a recommitment to the call that God had put on his life. The next chapter has Jesus beginning his ministry in Galilee. As Jesus preached on New Year's Eve, sometimes the beginning doesn't look like the beginning but we have markers along the way that when we look back, we can see where we made a turn. Let us today leave a marker for us to turn back and see where we made it right. Let us today recommit ourselves to the work God has called us to, both to our, in our personal lives and in our social justice work. Let us today recommit to the work of bringing God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Let us today recommit to loving each other a little more deeply, to understanding the other a little more clearly, to showing up fully embodied as God's beloved, to making it right. Jesus goes to the water to make it right. At the church where I grew up, we'd sing, Jordan River, chilly and cold, chills my body, but not my soul. In front of me, you see a bowl, and it is filled with, with water and stones, stones you'd find in a riverbed, same as Jesus and John tread on that day. I invite you this morning, um, at the beginning of this new year, into a recommitment ritual. Come down the aisles and meet Reverend Mira and I, to renew your commitment to the call on your life, the call God has given you, be it a larger call of shaking this world like a fruit tree until justice falls from its branches for all to receive, or a less perceptible call to touch lightly the hearts of those around you so they may know love, so that the fire that is in you and is in all of us can join together to burn brightly and light up this world with God's fierce revolutionary love. Perhaps your call is to reclaim, to reframe, to repair, to rebuild, to make right again. 
to make new again. Those here in this space, won't you come? And those who are online, uh, Reverend Ben and Rachel are in the chat to lead you through a more Thecla-inspired version of this recommitment, where you speak over yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord. Won't you come? Let us lead into this new year refreshed in our promise, revived, remembering. May this day and this stone serve as a reminder of the presence, the nearness of God with you on this journey to making it right. Put it somewhere you'll see it every day or maybe carry it around in your pocket so you feel it when you go to warm your hands or reach for your chapstick. May this be the marker in your life, the inciting moment when your soul was reignited. I hold you in my heart and pray for you as you do this personal and vulnerable work. May you feel revived and renewed in the presence of God on this journey. May it be so.